0: Listening, no, you're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>
1: buns, Buns, Buns. I want
0: to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would say anything for love. Hey guys. Welcome to ISO, the Buns Podcast. So, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this week. We actually have an interview. I know I've been slacking on those, so uh, this is exciting. The interview this week is with Elias and Beth from the Friendship web series. Um, if you want to know more about that, keep listening. Also, starting this week, whenever there's an interview, we're going to start with the interview at the top, then follow that with This Week in Buns. So, listen up, friends. Here's my interview with Elias and Beth from the Friendship web series. By the way, I watched it and it was fantastic. I suggest you do the same. Group among friends. Buns. Trading back the face of Buns. Group among friends. Buns. So, tell me about your backstory. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, Buns. Welcome to ISO the Buns podcast. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually recorded one of these things. We got an interview for you. Uh, rather than butcher... Uh, an explanation of what it is that you guys do. I'm going to let you introduce yourselves and then tell me what it is you guys are doing here.
2: Okay, uh, I'm Elias, uh, and this is...
3: Beth Eiley, hello.
2: Hello. Um, And we were... We're two creators on a a web series called uh, Friendship Um, that's essentially... um, uh, Stories of, uh, of of friendship, scenes of friendship that are inspired by by true stories. We, um, uh, me and my uh, producing partner Michael, we had this idea of of getting a bunch of emerging writers and directors together under a kind of broad banner, um, and we thought the broadest theme possible um, was friendship,
3: while also being very relatable.
2: Totally. Um, so. We just asked people, um, uh, when you think of your friendships, what moments really stand out to you? And that's kind of how the series was built. Um, And it was about uh, collaboration and and meeting uh, uh, new emerging talent in the city and uh, people who just wanted to make something and not have to go through um, all the hoops of f- um, funding agencies and production companies and all that. Um,
0: uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting. I was going to ask if they were all directed by different people. or I mean, I could have looked at the credits, I guess, but uh, I don't do that much research. Um, <laughs> but before we get into the project, because I got a bunch of questions about that, uh, how does one go about making something like this? Did you just wake up one day and decide, like, I'm gonna make a series. You must have started somewhere else. Like there must have been other projects before this one.
2: Yeah. So I've um, uh, was, when I got into film school, I was working at a production company, and I just I just wanted to make stuff. And uh, I saw like people who I graduated with making web series, and it just seemed like something I could do too. And um, and it's what I like about it is is. Uh, it's it's like pretty easy to just do it yourself without a ton of money, and it's and it's a way to learn and practice. And um, so for friendship, like it was, it's always been like a a, a matter of opportunity for me. Like, um, what's what's achievable? What can we actually go and shoot and right. finish? And that was sort of how it began. Mm-hmm.
3: It also involved a lot of in kind services. So while we didn't have a lot of Um, sort of monetary aids. We had a lot of people who brought in different talents and also different resources that we leveraged in order to make it. So, for instance, one of the uh, women who directed an episode also color timed um, every episode for us. Um, Everybody brought their own um, respective equipment. Um, Scripts were done... For free, <laughs> um, and we all sort of um, made it all happen by providing our own um, hard work, sweat, and tears.
2: Nice. Yeah. So uh, that that's a lot of it too. It, it's 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 getting together with other people who want to make something and who who are who enjoy the process of filmmaking um, on a smaller scale where you can. Where everyone gets to be really creative and really a part of it, and it's and it's not um, it's not something you're going to get fired from, or I mean, you know that you're making any money,
0: but right. Um, but you see, so you mentioned that you wanted to create this so that you'd be free of certain roadblocks, like trying to get finances and whatever else go, you know, stops you from making things like this on a yeah. on, on whatever scale that you'd want to make them on. Have you run into that stuff before? Yeah, I've
2: run into a little bit of it. Um, like uh, sh- for short films, for instance, if you if you want proper financing, there's there's uh, there's a few avenues you can take. Um, yeah, you got
0: to sign on a basketball player. I heard uh, Kobe Bryant <laughs> just won an Oscar, right? Oh yeah, yeah. for a short yeah, film. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's right, that's right. His short
3: w- story inspired an animation.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, I think I remember seeing his acceptance speech, and there was like a, quite a striking height difference between him and his. Collaborator.
0: Well I guess Damar can't help you anymore. Sad. I don't know if you guys follow basketball. But anyway, sorry. No, you were <laughs> saying uh about some of the problems that you ran into yeah, in the past.
2: I just there's a lot of waiting. I don't know. I I think I've always been like, I just wanna go and shoot. Like is I don't wanna wait. I don't wanna and I also don't wanna I, I don't like thinking too much about um who a show is for. I mean, I know that's an important question and that's probably a problem of mine, but I mm-hmm. just I just like to make stuff that's interesting to to me and to uh, people that I respect and and like as opposed to this sort of abstract idea of what what's gonna what's the most marketable
0: right well that's thing. interesting. I mean, do you think it's important? To, I know like sort of logically people are gonna say, well yeah, you have to think of who's the audience, but does that really matter like really now that the internet's a thing and like these little niche, you know, before Comic-Con was, was a thing that like maybe a hundred people attended because nobody knew about it. And like everyone was afraid to be a nerd because it wasn't cool or whatever. But now that the internet's out there and like people can find their place and they can find their material and they can find all this stuff. Does it matter? Can you just make something and put it out there? I think it, I think it, it does matter. Like for sure. It's something
2: important to consider. I think it's, it's problematic when it, when it becomes just front and center in, in the creation process. Like I think, when something is, is personal and feels and feels like lived in, I think people just, they can feel it and they can get behind it. The thing I would say with web series that's tough is just there's like, well, short films, anything, any TV series, there's just so much content out there right now that uh, it can be really hard to, to stand out. But I think standing out to me is more about like... Um, uh, You know, an honest approach to creation—not—not one where marketability and who specifically is the audience is is front and center. But I mean, I think it's naive to think that those aren't considerations you 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 need to think about. Like,
0: uh, but I think if you're passionate about what you do, it'll come across in the work, and you know, people will it will resonate with somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the stuff I love is like some of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. You know, like yeah. uh, I'm trying to think. Like the there used to be an old cartoon called The Max, or even um, the the childish Gambino. What's his TV show called? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, it's like yeah. off the wall, especially yeah, yeah. the the second mm-hmm. season. But like, and I don't even know if you would ask me who's that for. I have no idea who that who well, that's for. It's for me. I yeah. Guess. Well, the interesting
2: question is like, if if nobody knew who Donald Glover was, would people would people watch Atlanta? I think probably they'd, they'd they would they would they it would catch on eventually. But yeah. Um, yeah i don't know what do you think
3: i mean it really helps that he has fx behind him would would anyone would anyone Mm -hmm. at fx have bought it that's yeah um who knows but i i think he would have been able to find his flock with that material because it's pretty strong
2: yeah Um, but beth you work in tv so
3: yeah i mean i have to say um so much of what I've done in development of television and also um, producing television is all about that audience. But it's it's different because you are providing content for a following that already exists. So you have to speak to the audience that already turns on that channel. Um, so, you know, the market research that's provided to us by the broadcasters of the shows that I've worked on um, is quite helpful and, and illuminating. Um, but I don't think that that's the right place to start in creating content. I think it has to come from somewhere genuine. And right. then you can sort of figure out where it'll fit in the marketplace once you've sort of hashed out that idea
0: but with things like youtube and netflix and whatever else people get things on the internet where it's just like a massive people all looking for a million different things there's not really like a an audience that watches that you know channel or whatever how do you you know how do you market this towards people like how are you marketing this this now other than coming on the show obviously Uh, how are you marketing this towards people how are you trying to find the audience and who do you think your audience is
2: it's a really good question, and it's uh, <laughs> it's something we're we're still sort of figuring out. Which is something, you know, I'd recommend that you f- you carefully consider before you make a series. Um, w- like, but yeah, they, I mean, the, we we talked to we released this on our own. Yeah. Uh, we we talked to uh, broadcasters like CBC and and stuff, and and they they love the series, but it wasn't niche enough for them. How they how they get their audience is they is they look at online communities that have you know a really strong community uh, following um that are robust and and they sort of tick some boxes of like uh, what what's this, what is this community going to going to want to see and then you make a show and mm-hmm. you have a guaranteed audience right which makes sense this the this is i'm not sure where this lives exactly we're all really proud of it yeah. um and i think it's something that uh will hopefully catch on over time it's not it's not something like uh, I, I don't know what do you think Beth uh,
3: um well we've sort of been toying with the idea of maybe putting it on um, an Instagram that's right channel as well as that makes sense on Vimeo Vimeo is really where a lot of artists Work lives, I think. Yeah, um, but it's not—it's
0: not a place for discovery, really.
3: Yeah, it's not really a place for discovery. Although um, High Maintenance, if you're familiar with it, was originally just um, sort of a pet project between the two creators, um, in order to basically add to Ben Sinclair, the lead actor's reel, because um, he was an actor who wasn't getting a ton of work. So they uploaded it to Vimeo and they sent it. Their story is that they sent it out to a group of friends over email and just said please check it out we put some time and effort into this um and eventually it got a whole bunch of traction which is so rare for vimeo right and so it became a vimeo staff pick which i think always helps content that's right and from there (laughs) um vimeo decided that it would be their first funded series oh wow okay Mm -hmm. and then from there as we all know it's on hbo so hbo sort of picked it up i think after the second season and fleshed it out into a 30 minute series rather yep. than random six, five, eight minute segments.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So, so high, high maintenance is, is definitely like it's an anomaly. <laughs> it's an anomaly for sure. But it's, uh, I think it's something that a lot of web series creators shoot for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cause it's, uh, yeah. And that, that show is totally original. Um, and, it, like I think it was also it was somebody on Reddit like posted some like yeah. influencer on, or somebody who had a lot of followers on Reddit posted it and um, and suddenly everyone was watching it and that was sort of that w- it also had this like this coolness about it this mystique about it because nobody really knew about it it was just this thing online that was like great yeah that somebody had just discovered. Um, and
3: yet was so accessible. Totally. Yeah.
0: <coughs> well, I think that your series is a thing online that is great. And hopefully people will discover it. How did you get involved with the project?
3: Um, so uh, I directed the episode that's called John Interrupted. The lead actor um, in that piece is a guy named John who I worked with um a couple years ago on a series called killjoys which i'm still working on um and we had kept in touch and he was always meant to be the star of that particular episode and so he called me up and we started collaborating with the writer as well um tom and then that's kind of how i ended up meeting everybody
0: are we allowed to talk spoilers here Sure. Is that the one so. where uh, where he confesses love to his friends? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then <laughs> <So> employs <real.
3: laughs> a lot of uh, lines from, from cheesy movies? rom-coms in order to persuade her that his love is real. Yeah. It's not.
2: And was that your first time directing something? Or? That
3: was my first time ever directing anything, yeah. yeah.
0: Is that the story for a lot of people? That's the story for it? a lot of people. We
2: thought that, that would be like a unique uh, point mm-hmm. about the series. Is that right. It was a lot of emerging talent. John really had never acted before That's right, John.
3: outside yeah. of a, quite a hilarious um, student film that he did while he was at Sheridan.
2: Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh,
3: talk about obscure content on the <laughs> internet.
0: So you said these stories were based on true stories. Was, it, was that story based on one of your true stories?
3: No. Okay. So this is an interesting thing i had always thought that this was a real story that of humiliation that had happened to john Mm -hmm. he claims that it wasn't so then i believe that perhaps it was tom's true story the writer and he says it's a like it's a little far flung from anything he's ever experienced. However, I can say that I've been on Fiona, the female protagonist side of a similar conversation, so I really related to it when I first read the scene. I feel um, like everyone's had I that conversation just at least once. Embarrassed to relate
0: to these yeah. boys. Yeah, how I could you? N- I, I think that's the case. I think it's crazy <laughs> to think that like. Everyone must have had a friend at one point that they were like, whether or not they actually did the whole confession thing, mm-hmm. that they were just like, that's they had a crush on them and just didn't say anything or whatever and mm-hmm. lived in silence. But yeah, th- no, that was, uh, I watched the whole thing. I sat down oh, cool. I- in prep for uh, this interview. Well, not even in prep for this interview. You sent me the link and I was like, okay, I'll watch your first one. Maybe the second one. I didn't know how long they were. And then I was like, yeah. That, started binging. That'll be enough. And then I just kind of went through them. Well, the first one really, really... Well, I don't know if there's an order. But the first one that I watched really kind of caught me because it's, it reminds me a lot of my friends. And where it was shot, I believe, was in a building that one of my friends used to live in. Oh, yeah? 111 Davisville, I
2: think. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. No, no, it's in, uh, it's in the East End.
0: It's Ooh, near generic
3: Broadview. 70s high-rise in Toronto. Oh, really? Yeah. Because
0: yeah. yeah. la- everything is exactly the same. Right. Um, <laughs> My
3: sister once lived in an identical building to oh, that. Yeah. So I, I nice. know exactly.
0: But just to see them talk about their dating profiles or whatever. I mean, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. So then I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm going to see what the rest Great. of these are. And uh, some of them are like really funny and some of them are very serious
3: yeah
2: that's right we had a
3: we had we a mix struck some there. tones
2: we didn't well you know the beginning of the series just asking people like what are your memorable friendship moments we mm-hmm. didn't really know what this what that would turn into like what that would look like ultimately that
3: was also what i thought was kind of an interesting um element of our casting mm. so we cast all non-union actors and when we brought them in for the auditions um, we didn't have them prepare scenes. We um, asked them to tell us about a memorable moment in their friendship. And we got some interesting stories. Out yeah, of that it, I was,
2: thought. it was one of the coolest uh, casting sessions I've ever been a part of. Yeah. People were really willing to share. like uh, Very j- open. Very, Actors very open. <laughs> very open. Really interesting details about, about their lives and about their friendships and um, the things that stood out to them.
0: I feel like that's a byproduct of us living on the internet. Everyone's willing to share everything at this point, God, or at least a yeah. version of it. But were any <laughs> of these stories y- yours? No. Uh, so I directed two of them,
2: and what I did was I, 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 I talked to a lot of different people about their friendship stories, and um, the ones that I ended up choosing, uh, I directed the first one. You were talking about the dating profile one.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: Which is so funny. <laughs>
2: I enjoyed it. Yes, uh, the one, um, yeah. So uh, I, 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 I like Beth. Sort of. I, I had to find my way in too. Like I, I related to that one because I have a friend who's very similar to the
0: guy who. Um, who For asks, the listener at home, he's saying "friend" with air quotes. What's that? No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding.
2: Yeah, no, no. He's he's a he's a good buddy of mine. We're very different, and but we we have, we, there's something, something that we've, I've known, him, I've known him forever and there's something that sort of binds us together. Um, but, uh, I, I related to it in that way of like, uh, you know, we, we're not like, it's not a friendship where we ever talk about our feelings or like, or right. open up in any real, he just, that's not how he operates. But so for him to do that and to trust me with that is, it's is such a, it's such a powerful moment and, and so funny and vulnerable. And so, I connected with in that sense but yeah it's finding friendship stories that I could also sort of connect to was, was was helpful
0: so when you were going to direct some of these episodes did you choose the stories that you wanted to direct is that how it worked or were you assigned friendship stories or um, so we what well we had we, s- we had a combination of seeking out
2: writers with stories that we thought were, were interesting would work in the series uh, and then thinking of directors who might work with that writer or the writer suggesting a director like I think Tom m- suggest had suggested you or or John had suggested you as, mm-hmm. as a director for the, for that one
3: yeah, so I was I was pretty locked into <laughs> into this one um, but it was honestly the perfect one for me I think it was also quite a challenge because I think um The format that we had decided to lock ourselves into was a two-hander. So, two characters, one location, and the script that I worked on was actually three characters. I was just about to say that. One of whom comes in and out of the scene. Um, We don't actually see the other room that she comes from, so I didn't have to... um, coordinate footage for that but um yeah that was a bit of a challenge just in that we shot each of these obviously on a limited limited budget as we mentioned but that a limited budget also equals a limited amount of time so i think mm-hmm. we shot um hours in like five and a half hours they were yeah. supposed to be six hours we did ours a bit shorter it was a time crunch.
2: Yeah, we shot the whole series over a long weekend.
0: And oh, wow. Yeah. But it probably breeds some creativity, right? Being forced into certain constraints makes you do things in a way that you probably wouldn't do if you had more money. So, it I like constraints. Definitely. Con- yeah,
2: totally. I, I've always been motivated by them.
0: Yeah, I think it's, <clears throat> I, I think at least when you're, you know, when you're doing what you're, you're doing now, it makes sense to to have these constraints and force yourself into like a smaller box and see what comes out because sometimes it's just like, Vastly interesting. It's like trying to paint a painting with two colors instead of right. the entire palette or something mm-hmm. and, right. and see what you do because sometimes, you know, you make magic. And I think you guys made some some magic, but were there any stories that were left on the cutting room floor? Stories that you wanted to do but that didn't end up being scripts or didn't end up being shot because, you know, the ones you picked were just whatever better or spoke to the people more? Um I, I think Like
2: the ones that we didn't pick up were more like they were interesting details, but it was difficult to see like the movement in them Mm -hmm. because like this and the scenes are not they're not exactly true life. They still had to have some shape to them, like uh,
3: embellishments.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, the Shrek one is just like so bizarre. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, my favorite part about the whole thing is that he won't let his buddy look into the barbecue in the (laughs) beginning. I was just like, that's, that's the moment right there because like, it has nothing to do with anything else. (laughs) Right. But I loved it. Um, but yeah, so, so you, so you were saying about, uh, stories that might've gotten left behind. Yeah. Um, I think,
2: uh, I I think it's difficult to, there's also like things that just maybe felt a little tonally not, not right. Just, uh i can't think of any any one I, I also don't want to share someone's friendship story that they we ultimately <laughs> didn't was agree to disappointment oh, yeah to us. yeah but um i think it, it was key to sort of find uh, a, a narrative shape and and movement in
0: in these stories
3: um, did they feel very torontonian to you
0: Well, they did to me because I was trying to pick out locations. Like, I think the beginning of one is like, I want to say between Finch and Steele's on Yonge Street. That's right. Yeah. Right. And just like all these (laughs) other little things. I was like, okay, that's got to be there. That's got to be there. And I'm really kind of like big into just Toronto in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it did feel Torontonian to me, but it also easily, some of the scenes like the Shrek one, right. It's just a backyard barbecue. could have been Mm -hmm. anywhere. Right. Um. I mean, even the first one right anybody's in a in a in an apartment but yeah we we
2: originally had this idea of like uh like this series could be done anywhere in the world uh you make it broad enough like is there there's no country where you know somebody couldn't produce a story of friendship in like in a in a room with two people mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. black and white to um we we originally thought that th- that could be a kind of interesting element of this of like actually handing this off to other people and just saying, here's a broad format and
0: just do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Season two. Maybe. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess that leads into an extra question then. Is there any plans to expand the friendship universe?
2: I think we're, we're still working on getting people to watch the first season and, uh, and getting creative with how we, with how we do that. Um, Thank you for having us on the podcast. Of course. Um, and then, and then, yeah, we'll see. I think, it, I think we'd love to, we'd love to do more if, if uh, the universe wants us to, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, I would definitely love to see more. I, there's something about it that's definitely up my alley. Like, obviously some of them speak to me more than others, but just the idea of watching the story play out and wondering where it's going to go. Like the, the really serious one with the, uh, with the two ladies, uh, right. I can't remember. Porcelain club, it. yeah. Right, right. Like, at first I was like, where is this going to go? You know, like, wh- what kind of, conf- you, like, it felt like a confession was coming, but I didn't, I wasn't sure. Mm. I mean, I guess I should have guessed by the name, but like, I didn't really right. put two and two together. But I was like, what's going to happen here? And then, I guess I was just waiting for the shoe to drop with all of them. I was like, okay, what's, you know, what's the like, the hook or whatever? What's right. the, the meat of this? And I think it was all done, it was all done uh, really well. So, where can people check it out?
2: So, it's on Vimeo. You just go to vimeo.com slash friendship series. uh, And uh, you'll also soon be able to find it on Instagram.
3: Yeah, the Instagram account is at friendshipwebseries. The link is in the bio. And content to come.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right, sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there any projects that you have coming up in the future, aside from uh, um, promoting this thing? Like, do you have any plans for anything else?
2: Uh, Yeah, I have another web series that I was a part of uh, that we're just in color correction and and audio on. Um, That was another sort of what can we do very cheaply and easily kind of situation. Um, Takes place in different parks around the city. Uh, short two-hander scenes. Um, d- very different tonally from Friendship, but
0: yeah. Are you allowed to say the name?
2: Uh, it's called Walk in the Park, yeah.
0: Walk in the Park, okay. Yeah. Check that out. And you, anything upcoming that uh, we should know about?
3: Uh, Well, my my biggest project at the moment is that I'm working on a show called Killjoys, which actually premieres tomorrow night, Friday, uh, July 20th at 10 p.m. on the Space Channel. Space Channel? Mm-hmm, in Canada and sci-fi in the U.S. Is this season one? This is season four, actually.
0: Right, because I thought it had had started. I mean, I, I, I seem to remember running into them filming it like a while ago. So, so season four, okay.
3: Season four premieres Friday. Season five is in production. Nice. So, so I'll be watching the premiere from the writer's room <laughs> at our production office.
0: For those of us not in the know, what is Killjoys about?
3: Um, it is a, an action-adventure series set in outer space um, that revolves around a trio of bounty hunters.
0: Nice. Is it Beth based is, on Beth a is one of the bounty hunters.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wish. What's that? Is it
0: based on some material or was it just?
3: No, it's um, from the imagination of a wonderfully brilliant woman named uh, Michelle Lavretta, uh, who also created um, a show that also ran five seasons called Lost Girl, another oh, yeah. science fiction show. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been a ride. It's been really cool.
0: All right, so watch that premiere, and everyone go to Vimeo right now. Pause the episode, (laughs) go to Vimeo right now, and uh, look up Friendship.
2: Yeah, it's Vimeo.com slash Friendship Series. Slash Friendship Series, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: So don't search for it. Just go straight to that URL, because who knows what will come up when you search for Friendship. on Yeah,
2: it's a a big subject.
0: But yeah, check it out. Watch all the episodes. As soon as you watch, like, the first one, you're just going to go through all of them. They're all short, like five minutes or less, right? Yeah, five minutes or
2: less, yeah. Yeah. so
3: snackable snackable content totally
0: amazing <laughs> well let's let's g- get those buns out there watching this show because i feel like this is very much for them uh i, I mean it, uh, any of these episodes i feel like could be anyone on buns like i feel like they're all buns users definitely yeah cool. yeah i love that all these uh they've
3: traded <laughs> they're collecting bits they're spending them
0: some of some of them are bigger problems than than trading stuff on buns but I, I feel like the you know, majority of them are yeah certainly, spending their bits on booze certainly on
3: John has biked to a buns trade before okay, okay. don't you think
0: cool yeah for some definitely. new
3: DVDs to add to his rom-com <laughs> collection
0: sure, sure. I, I think that he needs to trade for some oven mitts maybe yeah definitely yeah,
3: yeah that'd be helpful need some of those too
0: <laughs> alright well thanks for sitting down and chatting with me guys and I hope that uh, everyone checks out the series and I hope that you may get to make more and uh, whatever you guys do next just be in touch and come back on and promote it because uh, yeah I loved it I love I probably wouldn't have found out about it if uh, you hadn't sent it to me so I'm I'm glad that you're here and I hope that everyone checks it out great thanks so much
3: thanks for having us thanks
0: too much shit in your apartment get rid of it
2: today on the Buns app available in the app store google play
0: store or online at buns.com so how'd you like that guys I had a great time with Beth and uh, Elias and uh, I hope that you guys go to Vimeo to check out their series vimeo.com slash ugh, vimeo.com slash friendship series watch all the episodes they're all a lot of fun anyway now it's time for This Week in Buns
1: As per usual uh, if you have little kids around we do use coarse language so this would be the time that uh, you tell them they were a mistake. Just kidding. We say some swear words. So yeah, figure it all out. Gotcha. Now to the podcast.
4: You could tell your children that you love
1: them. Though. Okay. All right. See? All right. We don't need your good fatherly advice around here. All right. None of that stuff. Welcome. Everyone wants to be cared for, and I'm not a father. <laughs> uh, today on the Buds Podcast, we'll be talking um, about a lot of nostalgia. We're talking N64, and maybe, just maybe, you could be in the land of the hobbits. This is a Buns podcast ISO. I am your host, Orn, and today we got a guest host. You heard his uh, sultry, malefluous tones a moment ago. Please welcome Stephen Such.
4: Hey, everybody. Hey. Uh, I, I, sultry. I've never S- been described as sultry before.
1: But right now, you got a sultry ass voice going on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the compliments never stop flowing out of your mouth. Uh,
1: and they will never stop flowing out of my mouth as long as you stay beautiful.
4: I like to say, Orn Williamson. The, the man who does not have a face for radio.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Enough about these compliments. We're getting to the buns world because we aggregate basically all of the best stories we can find on all the bun zones, buns trading zone, buns pet zone, uh, buds trading zone, buns homing zone. Whatever zone there is, we want to get access to it and we want to bring you the best stories from those zones. And we're going to start it off today with a weird one because um, Enegy, Enegy's offering, actually not even that weird, um, a spice rack. A good old spice rack. And here's Nasty. here's why I think that's important to have on must. because I think everyone should have a decent spice rack. But ultimately, I don't think people understand what goes into a decent spice rack. Like, you're not going to get, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, you're not going to get the best spices you possibly can just from your local shopping center.
4: Here's my question for you, Warren.
1: Yes, I got an answer for you.
4: And to all the listeners, when you think of a good spice
1: rack, what makes up a good spice rack? I think you need to have your staples, right? Such as such as fl- uh, fresh cracked pepper. None of this, None of the ground black pepper you already have. Get the fresh stuff. Get the pepper mill. Spend some money on the Peugeot. You know I'm talking about that. You know,
4: I, I was gonna say just have like the the the, the, the peppercorn.
1: Peppercorn, and
4: then you can refill your gl- grinder exactly all day long. So and get, same
1: with the coarse salt. That's what I'm saying. The coarse salt's good. Himalayan sea salt. Uh, not always to my tasting. It's a little bit too pungent. A little bit too much. Um, too much, uh, too much in there, to be honest. But have some good sea salt, have some good salt, maybe some Malden salt to finish off your meals with. That's the kind of stuff eating your spice rack.
4: See, I've never been a countertop spice rack man. Never, never. I'm, I'm a, I'm a drawer. It
1: looks, it, it looks kind of gaudy. It looks kind of like, ugh, I don't want that on my
4: countertop. However, if you're in need of saving some space, <laughs> maximizing the utility of your countertop. Yep. Or your kitchen at large. It could be a good fit.
1: could be a fantastic fit. Best spice. Best spice. Best spice outside of the norm of regular spices? Well, I mean, I,
4: just best spice. Best Let, spice. Let's start with just best spice.
1: <sighs> the best spice, is, if we consider it a spice, is salt. Thought it out. All day long. All day I long. Totally agree. All day long.
4: Overrated, underrated. Because mm-hmm. I just you, you watched me make an avocado toast uh, the other day. And on it, I put a little dusting of turmeric. Overrated, Underrated. Tumor. Better anti-inflammatory real. orange spice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gotta be real with this one. Overrated. Overrated. And here's why it's Can overrated leave- because it used, <laughs> be it used to be underrated. Used to be underrated when it was only India and Pakistan and the Middle East were, were using this spice. And now people want to put turmeric on dumb shit. They want to put it on, like, oh, you want some you want some turmeric on your on your pancakes? No. <laughs> no, that will forever be the role of maple syrup. That turmeric shot. Yeah, they, see that that's people, nah. Nah, nah. <laughs>
4: However, you store your spices. There is a spice rack. Wait, how many? What's what's the uh, capacity of that spice rack?
1: Ah, uh, this one looks like it is 20, 20 spices.
4: Twenty, twenty spices. If you're, and does it come with the spices?
1: Um, it does not. It does come with like a little note as to what each spice should be. Okay. Once again, if you have spices that have been in your that have been in your drawer for like years,
4: you might want to freshen it you up. You
1: might want to freshen that up. I'm not. I'm not out here advocating you throw your shit away, but like. Like there aren't many, there are many food items or things that I would like to put on my food that have been in my in my pantry for two years.
4: I'm just saying, compost it. You're gonna, you know, as, as founder of Sustainable Jones, <laughs> compost it. Just, just let, let's not throw away food in general. <laughs>
1: you know what? Um, you have made me a more uh, a sustainably conscious person, so uh, I agree with everything you say. Uh, we're gonna move on to a buns post that has a bit of age to it. Okay. All right. This was posted back in February 12, and Alex Ross was like, Yo, I'm trading. An N64 console with a red expansion pack, five controllers, two games, Mario Party and Mario Kart, a memory card, and he would like an ISO for an N64 or sorry, a Nintendo Switch um, with some accessories and whatnot. And one of the things that we talked about before we started this podcast, I was gonna
4: say, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, one of those games is the best game ever.
1: Yeah, and I think we both agree. We both agree that Mario Kart is. Is one of the greatest games to ever exist on this planet. Mario Kart 64. 64. One of the greatest games ever. All day long. We both thought a game was missing from this. I thought it was one game. You thought it was another game. You thought... You thought... It was the reason why I first bought the N64. (laughs) like The the
4: classic Gold Knight.
1: Gold Knight. Which, solid game. Solid game. And what I had gone with, was Smash Brothers. Which,
4: which another solid game. People love Smash Brothers. Smash
1: Brothers is incredible.
4: And I will say... I will... Concede mm-hmm. that I, I I do not pick up my N64 to go play GoldenEye anymore. However, even like even like you know the battles. Remember you, you and your four friends and like now the screen's just like wow why am I looking at something so tiny and the graphics aren't that good. Whereas Mario Kart 64, I will play it all so day. So solid.
1: Long. If you don't know, what we're talking about 007 is basically a shooter game, a first-person shooter. James Bond. Um, James Bond, of course. Um, uh, Smash Brothers was is basically a a fighting game between you and three and up to three other people, which have caused more real fights in in in, in real life than they have in actual gameplay. People we used to beat each other up in that game. See, I like, never physically. I never
4: played Smash Brothers. What? I mean, yeah, I have to I have to be honest. Okay. What I think are the we, comments saying though?
1: Um the comments the comments on here are beautiful. People people keep checking in to see if this has gone away and this guy cannot seem to get this traded.
4: What's he asking for?
1: Like, I, I mean, that's, know,
4: if we're going to use like market based ideology, yeah, he's, he might he's, be asking a little too he's much. He's
1: asking for a lot. He's asking for a lot because a N- lot. Nintendo Switch is like 400 bucks. So, oh, yeah. Um, so he's asking for obviously the equivalent of those sort of things. And I, we agree there's a nostalgia to this and there's inherent value to this as well, mm-hmm. but I think he may be a little bit out of whack what the market is at at the moment for this.
4: If, if it's been on here for months, it seems seems like that is true. I, I would agree. <laughs> it's like a home on the market, you know? That being said, we'd love to know, I would love to know what you think, audience, the second best, or arguably the first, no, second best. Mario Kart 64 is going to be our best. Okay. The Orin and Steven best. The second best game what if you only had to pick two n64 games what is the other game that would complement mario kart 64 because we trust that you would uh, agree with us that it is the best n64 game ever
1: love it coming to you from two regular nerds huh <laughs> huh two regular virgins over here um that's not to condone the entire gaming community but i say i stand by my comment um <laughs> moving on to a great post by mary uh mary says yeah any esthetician buns out there I need to get sexified post-breakup, hmm. but yeah. I'm totally strapped for cash. Anyone want to trade a bikini wax and acrylic nails? I am Aboriginal, and I make custom dream catchers. I am happy to do a custom piece or trade for one that I already have made, like this one. And she posted a picture of a beautiful dream catcher, something that I would definitely mess with. And what I truly enjoy about this this post is in the comments because this just show's you're listening to two dudes here, two cisgendered <laughs> male yeah. dudes, yeah. dudes um, that just maybe don't know everything that happens in a woman's body and the things that may they may have to go through on a on a, ra- on a regular basis, really. And Heather chimes in in the comments and says, hey, I mean, I do a mean file and polish. No acrylic, though. But I got 250 plus colors. Uh, and That's a lot of colors. It's a lot of color. And Mary says, yo, my natural nails are shit. I always have to get extensions. And that's something that we don't really think about. No. Like, our nails are our nails, but some women just don't like the shape of their nails or uh, their nails don't grow very well. So that's kind of why they get acrylic, not just because they look nice, it's like, uh, just because of necessity for them. Because. Well, you got,
4: also got to yeah. do what you, what you got to do to feel sexy. 1,000%. Right? And yeah. I mean, I, I completely support that. Like, it, whether whether it's acrylic nails or it's natural nails, whether it's a, a bikini wax or, or a shave or whatever your whatever flavor is. is. Like, I, you know, essentially, I feel like what she's saying is will a Bunzer help her catch her dream partner.
1: Yep. And you know what? And there's always help. There's always help in the comments. And in return, you'll, yeah. get, you'll get a dream catcher. catcher. and, and you, you'll be the dream. You got it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, Sammy, in the comments as well, says, yo, I mean, I, I'm not an esthetician, but I have some wax strips sitting in my drawer that I'm not brave enough to use. Sounds dangerous. If you want that. Yo, Mary said back. Lol, I tried that once. Never again. Smiley face. I would have said unhappy face, but she went smiley face on that one. Um, yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we just got a great comment from Emma. This is girl. Just saying, you can get that D or V without the wax and nails if you want. You have the power. So I mean, yo, that I pretty well shut down the comments after that. That was, that, that's the three pointer buzzer that, beater that's, in the yeah, game. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Following that, we we're gonna tell you about one of the best deals to ever happen on Buns in Buns history, because Eva chimed in with this post that says, "Calling all Lord of the Ring fans and natural buns, huge deal! Mm. Looking for looking to trade my round trip from Y Y Z to Auckland, New Zealand. She she lists the dates; it's about a month long trip. She said September I paid twenty sixth to October thirtieth. Ah, oh, so yeah." Blessed. She paid $1,200 after taxes, um, and she's like, if you're a lucky buns and you want to frolic in the in Frodo's fields for a trade value of only $850. So generous, right? That's what she said. Those aren't my words. Um, she says, I can take care of the name change. I'm mostly looking to not lose the entire ticket since I can no longer go. I'll even throw my dream itinerary for free. I would just want to trade for something in high value. And she goes on to say what she would like. Um, we just tried to look up these flight dates from the same time frame, and um, if you have thirty-one hours and what twenty-three hundred dollars was it?
4: Uh, so twenty-one hours and twenty-three hundred dollars, or the, the the cheaper option. So every flight to Auckland has a layover yep. from Toronto. Yep. The cheapest option was fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks. It would take you nearly 30 hours. Alternatively, twenty three hundred bucks and twenty one hours with one stop.
1: Crazy. crazy. I'm,
4: I'm also I I try to stay away from the world of layovers as much as possible because like, it just introduces the opportunity for more things to go wrong. But I mean, you're already talking about even at twenty three hundred dollars, if it's eight fifty, you're almost at a third of the price. And she's taking care of the the name change, which you got to factor in. That that uh, has a couple hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I also must say I, I really appreciate the alliteration that she used. If you want to frolic in those fields, fields,
1: yeah. This this is just a really good deal. But here is maybe where this might be a hard trade is that I don't know many I don't know many people, although I am one of them. I don't know many people who can on I don't know a two months notice, three months notice, take off for a month from their job right you, it is true. Can't, you of have to be self-employed or be in a field that you can take lots of vacation from or work away or from work home yeah, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing so it's gonna be a hard fit
4: it just needs the right fit
1: It just needs the right fit and this thing was bumped like crazy so let's hope that uh something gets more visibility because <sighs> listen I take a trip to Frodo, but I have a partner right now and I don't think she'd Frodo's be happy ships. about me leaving mm-hmm. for uh, for a month but yeah frolicking and Frodo's fields
4: if you know anybody who who's always wanted to go to Australia or New Zealand or couldn't quite make it
1: happen. Check out that post. Love it. Someone. Someone. Someone stole a family boat from Caitlin. <laughs> Yo, I don't know how you steal a boat, but people be, people be out here stealing <laughs> boats. She says, it's stolen from the second bridge on Beaver Lake near Bobcage in Ontario last night. Uh, it's a fourteen foot boat, twenty horsepower, basically a boat the stolen. everything. Yeah, yeah. They stole everything from this boat. Uh, it's not a big boat.
4: Fourteen feet. Yeah, it's. Uh, just, I don't think you're walking away with a fourteen foot boat.
1: Yeah, are Yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing, but they're just maybe uh, it's one of those fishing boats. But yeah, someone came in and just stole a boat. That's a that's a hard ass thing to do. Um, Andrew, in the comments, is yeah, goddamn pirates. Um, that's everyone good. else think that's that's, that's, that, that was a solid comment. Yeah, yeah. I was I, trying to think
4: of something. I, I was coming up with nothing.
1: Pirates, pirates. Um, but someone had said, yo, post it on the local uh, Buckhorn Facebook pages, so maybe a lot of retired folk might keep their lookout. But Mia, Mia chimes in with a, a great comment and just says, um, also just make sure you wear your, your life jacket. Because <laughs> in the picture she posted, she wasn't wearing a life jacket. And that is so crucial. Like, yes, I know you just lost your boat, but safety. Bo- boat safety. I mean, if you, if, you got your, if you got your, you know, your, what's that called? Your pleasure craft license. You got to make sure you're, you're, boating, you're boating safely. Responsibly. Yeah.
4: Do you know what a uh, a pirate's favorite city is, Orin?
1: You're gonna say them with the R in it, I'm sure. Um, or, um, uh, geez. all right, go ahead. Winnipeg. All right, all right, okay, all right. I, I was am, told I
4: should never say that joke again. All right, but I mean, okay, no, all right. Pirate pirates um, came
1: up. I guess it was like Winnipeg and the whole peg yeah, double under there. Um, do
4: you know what? Do you know what a f- pirate's
1: uh, favorite letter is? Uh, this some people think it's R, but it's something better. It's like, uh, what is it? You'd think it'd be the R, but it's actually the C. See, that's uh, see, that's actually way better than your first one. You should. uh, (laughs) I'm glad the way you led those two jokes. That really, really poor one, (laughs) and then the second one. Finish strong. Yeah, finish finish strong. strong. Um, yeah. Another post said about the stolen boat was that hey, um, her dad's boat, her dad's boat just drifted off one night, and they found it across the lake three weeks later. So it could have been a tie-up issue. Which yeah. is always good to know. Uh and someone's like, Honestly, who steals a boat? Was like most of the comments like, It's a boat. Who's still to- how you stealing the boat? Yeah. Then we get an update from Caitlin. Oh. You didn't mm-hmm. you didn't give me the update earlier. Oh, I didn't. This is what I do. Uh the update is more boats were stolen from our lake what? than we may and we may have a local problem. Be careful, Watch your boats and motors around Bob Cage and Buckhorn in Mississauga Lakes area. Um, yeah. just... There's somebody out there going <laughs> around boats. commandeering boats. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm first off. Sorry, Caitlin. That, that, uh, that, you know, I've had my bike stolen a lot. I've had I've had three bikes stolen and that's not fun. I feel boats are more expensive.
1: Yeah, just slightly. At least I of those racing bikes on like 15, 20 grand. Well,
4: I did have one good bike, but then I had the other two bikes were not trash. Well, not trash, just uh, more economical. And, and, you know, like a, bo- a, a bike that somebody might not be so inclined or have the desire to steal.
1: I feel like this is like the um, I feel like this is the sunglass equivalent to a bike. You know, people who buy really expensive sunglasses and then the one time they break, then they just buy like the level less than that. Or did this go completely cheap and buy whatever kind of crappy, crappy sunglasses they can get for 10 bucks from Kensington Market?
4: See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lens man. Like I, like
1: ladies, ladies, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a lens man. (laughs) No, I, I
4: I really like there are, you know, like, okay. Mattresses, shoes, and eyewear are three things that I definitely think people cannot cheap out on because you spend so much time on them. Like your footwear, your feet are always in them. You're walking around or you're laying in your bed sleeping. Like these are things, or your eyes. Like, what sense? Is there a sense that you would rather lose other than eyesight? Um, I would hate to lose. Or, excuse m- me, like, it, eyesight would be the, the number, number the one.
1: Um, yeah, I think it'd suck if I lost my sense of humor. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, well. Yeah, moving on. Well, um, <laughs> we, got, we just got two more stories from you. One's really quick. Um, it's just, it's a puppy mane. It's a mane to make your dog look like a lion. Drew posted that bad boy up. Um, hella cute. It's actually adorable. <laughs> yeah, I I just want I now I want one of these. Uh, and I think the last post, the dog or the mane? Um, both. The dog in <laughs> this picture is hella cute. You put it on L- your cat though. Uh, my cat. <sighs> my cat. <laughs> <laughs> my cat is even like her own hair, uh, as opposed to like someone else putting on their uh, um, a mane on. She would freak out. She used to wear a little bell, and that was too much. She. She hated that thing.
4: I'd, I'd hate to have a bell attached to me all day.
1: Imagine humans had bells. On. Oh, it'd be so annoying. But what would be kind of cool is that you, you develop like an auditory sense as to what, which of your friends are around. You know what I mean? Because it'd just be like a natural like Pavlovian like, thing, which you know what it is, right? It's
4: even when somebody else's phone just keeps like pinging, drives me bananas. That's
1: true. Uh, there's this thing in Colombia, like people, like groups of friends have like a certain whistle they do to friends. So you know where your friends are based on the whistle or who's outside waiting for you. There's like this very specific thing that happens in Can we have a whistle? In
4: I mean, I'm not saying we have to develop it today, but I'd kinda of like us to have a whistle.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> Um, that is that is that is a very fair request. Um, and yeah, I think so.
4: It's like I, I imagine the Buns community will like this. Uh there's have you heard of the new film Leave No Trace?
1: Um, I have not heard oh, of okay. that.
4: So the producer, uh, when I was in New York three weeks ago, mom and I went and saw it, um, and the producer was there. The idea is that it's a uh, former, it's a military veteran and his daughter who, it's actually based off of a true story. They lived out in the woods in uh, Oregon or, or Washington. Um, and then the authorities found them and then they were trying to identify, okay, like her academic level was actually higher than most kids her age. And, but they're like, but you're not living like everybody else. You can't live in, you know, a public forest. Uh, but they had been living there for like over a decade. Anyways, they had their own little, their own little noise. It was, like, or I obviously I'm butchering it, but it was kind of cute.
1: Just so I can recap the story really quickly: a, a father took his daughter, and they went to live in the woods for a bit. Authorities found them. They lived in the woods.
4: It seemed like, ever since he got back
1: from his military time, crazy. And where's the mom in all this?
4: They never addressed the mom.
1: Okay, that seems like a pretty big loophole. It does. Okay. But they never address them. Okay, okay. And
4: it seemed like they lived in the woods for decades. And it was just like, it was actually a really beautiful story that had very few words uh, that, you know, addressed issues. Everything from PTSD to drug use to um, alternative lifestyles to community, ultimately. Oh, great.
1: Uh, This podcast, Bati Rai, Leave No Trace. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what the uh, film is okay. called. Okay, all right. That's what it's brought not to you, Not nearly
4: as good as Three Identical Strangers. I won't tell you about that.
1: So Yo, that that, that that looks crazy. Okay, can we, okay it we'll talk bananas. about that. Watch yeah, the okay. trailer, everybody. Okay. So you was, can uh, watch both trailers. Um, the, Sorry. No, 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 no. No, no, moving, no. On. moving on. Uh, wait, this, this podcast this is, is, not, is brought to you by yeah. movies we think you should see. Yeah, this is, this <laughs> is
4: not brought to you by, like, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I don't know why we're giving, like, new It's all
1: right. It's all right. They had a noise.
4: That's what it comes down to. And their noise was
1: uh <laughs> our very last our very last post is this something that I, just, I saw that i don't know what the common use of it is now but holds obviously a lot of nostalgia um this is an overhead projector just a straight up old to go overhead projector and the only use i can think of Wait, with this on
4: three we should both say what we think the use is
1: oh mine's kind of a long-winded thing it's not like it's oh. i can say it in three words but i mean yeah, maybe you should okay, think... People clearly.
4: in the car listening to the Bonds podcast. If you're listening to this podcast with somebody else, we're going to give you a countdown. One, two, three, and then you're going to say what you think you would use an overhead projector for today. Okay. One, one
1: two, two three. three. Art.
4: Oh, mine was tracing a hand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I had nothing else. Just tracing your <laughs> hat. What else are you going to do with an overhead projector? Yeah. No, so, so a lot of people, if you have like a big mural you want to paint... Yep. You can you can put like a smaller picture of the mirror you want on the overhead projector yep. and then project it onto the wall and just trace the trace the outline. Yeah, outline I was of like it. a portrait. Yeah, like yeah. like a John ass portrait. That's like the only thing modern use I could think of. Is I just I just don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know what else you could do with it.
4: So Orin and Steven, I'm curious. What spice is your king spice? What is the other N64 game that you would complement Mario 64 with? And how would you use it overhead projector?
1: How would you in in this day and age? How would it even work?
4: Also, are you looking to frolic in Fro,
1: Frodo's fields forever? A <laughs> fifty? You know, you <laughs> should want to give a rundown of the stories we just told. But I like I like what you just did there. I think you just added a new flavor to a new flair to our uh, our podcast.
4: Give them an experience. Let let everybody sit into it. What would you do frolicking in Frodo's fields?
1: <sighs> so many questions. I need all of your answers. Uh, thank you for chiming in. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for all that you. Uh, Oh, you bring to this table, uh, my my pleasure. Everybody, be sure to uh, wear a life jacket when you boat. Boat
4: responsibly. How could we forget about boating yachting, responsibly? Jotting on that fourteen foot flat bottom.
1: Yeah, this this podcast also brought to you by <laughs> safety tips <laughs> and the Greater Greater Ontario Boating Association.
4: <laughs> also overrated, underrated. Everybody, turmeric. 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 Let us know.
1: Tumeric, let us know. Uh, thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week. Peace.